This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Thursday, the 8th of July. Justin, the nation of Iceland Mm -hmm. has completed a trial for a four-day work week. And the results, my friend, have been an overwhelming success. Researchers say worker well-being has dramatically increased. And as for productivity, it hasn't dropped off at all. In fact, in some areas, it's improved. Bring the four-day work week to Australia, Brett. Yes, please. Now get this. The guy that Christian Bale plays in the movie The Big Short, Mm -hmm. his name's Michael Burry, he was one of the first investors to predict the GFC. I remember. And recently, he's been sending out some very alarmist tweets telling everyone a huge crash is coming. Oh, not again. But experts have told him to stop talking and retire. Very harsh. (laughs) Harsh indeed. Three really vocal stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first. The owners of Foxtel, that's News Corp and Telstra, they're considering taking the company public via an IPO. Ah, the IPO market really seems to be heating up. So Mm. what is the story? Right, well, Foxtel is the Aussie pay TV company that launched around 25 years ago. It's 65% owned by News Corp. And 35% owned by Telstra. Back in the day, Foxtel was known for its Simpsons marathons. (laughs) Or 10,000 reruns of Friends, of course. (laughs) And now, word on the street is News Corp and Telstra are considering an IPO for the company. And Brett, a big part of this deal will depend on whether Foxtel's new streaming services... That's Binge, and that's also KO Sports. Yep, whether they would be strong enough to help Foxtel stand on their very own two feet Mm. as a listed company. But Justin, this isn't the first time that Foxtel's seriously considered an IPO, though. They were meant to list back in 2016, then again in 2019. (laughs) But shareholders this time around are hoping that things will be different. Their time's a charm. So what's the key learning here? The path to a successful IPO starts with a compelling story around the company. And to maximise its valuation, the company that's IPOing needs to be able to communicate a very attractive narrative. Now, Brett, Foxtel's gone through a serious restructure, and its story is that it's invested heavily into streaming. You know, KO Sports and Binge. In fact, KO has now hit over 1 million subscribers. And as for Binge, nearly 700,000 subscribers. So Foxtel is starting to look a lot more attractive to potential IPO investors. For our second story, Telstra will pay $25 million in refunds to customers for slow NBN speeds. I feel like every single Australian will feel like they're owed a portion of this. <laughs> so tell me more. Well, some background, Jazzy Boy. Under the Australian Communications and media authorities' rules, Mm -hmm. telecommunications companies, they need to tell customers when internet speeds just can't reach what's advertised in their plans. So now the rule breaker Telstra (laughs) is paying the price. Yep, Telstra has agreed to refund 50,000 customers a total of 25 mil. And that was after it failed to tell them that the internet speeds they were promised, Mm. they just couldn't be achieved. And do you know why that is? Well, it's because the MBN infrastructure actually just couldn't support the customers. So basically, these customers were paying a premium for a service they couldn't actually receive. (laughs) So what's the key learning here? Justin, we're more than 10 years into the NBN rollout and it's still causing Australians big (laughs) problemos. We've had significant delays, a change in tech and serious speed issues. And then finally, after rolling out a whole new broadband infrastructure, we're proudly ranked number 68 (laughs) fastest internet speed in the world. Behind Kazakhstan, Oman and Liechtenstein. Uh, No offence to these countries, of course, but um, come on, Australia. (laughs) But even so, Brett, (laughs) the consumer watchdog, the ACCC, isn't having a bar of dodgy telcos using our slow internet speed as an excuse for misleading customers. For our third and final story, SoftBank, the Japanese company behind chunky investments in Uber mm-hmm. and WeWork, they've bought a Yahoo trademark license for $2.1 billion. The big question is, how can Yahoo's brand name still be that <laughs> valuable? What is happening here? Well, I think we all know Yahoo, Justin, mm-hmm. but SoftBank, they run the Yahoo brand in Japan. And despite the decline 
declining usage of Yahoo globally, Yahoo Japan is still the country's most popular news website. Blows my mind, Justin. But here's how it works. SoftBank pays Yahoo's owner a regular royalty for rights to use the Yahoo brand in Japan. But now, SoftBank is paying a once-off payment of $2.1 billion to keep the Yahoo Japan brand name for good. In perpetuity. Forever. So Justin, what is the key learning here? Trademark licensing is when the owner of a trademark gives another person or company the right to use that trademark. And why would anyone want to do that? Well, it's actually a pretty lucrative game. Think about it, Justin. This could apply not just to businesses. We're talking songs, sports teams, logos, intellectual property. And of course, software and technology. Mm -hmm. And companies that might not have a strong brand name or an established reputation may want to leverage another company's brand to attract customers. And this is what SoftBank was thinking with Yahoo. It all sounds well and good, Brett, but it can be a little bit risky. Yeah, exactly. If a company that buys a license to use your trademark ends up damaging your brand, it could spell a bad, bad, bad news for you, my friend. So in this case, it's seller beware. Flux family, if you like staying on top of business news in a really easy way, hit follow on this podcast, regardless of if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Hit follow or subscribe. You'll be smarter than your boss in no time. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.